Well, good morning, church, and thank you for joining us this morning for our service. Uh, clicking in, using an app, whatever it is. Um, want to uh, just say happy Mother's Day to you. And I feel like because I have this opportunity, and it's, it's a rare opportunity, I want to do a shout out to uh, my wife and my mom, um, two amazing mothers uh, in, in my life, and my mother-in-law as well. Uh, I thank God for you, and um, I love you very much. And uh, I was thinking about my mom, um, and I uh, am thankful that um, every day um, that I went to school for all, all the way to grade 12, my mom made my lunch for me. Um, so thank you, mom. And uh, could I have made my own lunch? Yeah, I probably could have made my own lunch. Um, but did I trade my homemade lunch for like horribly unhealthy things like Dunkaroos, perhaps? Yes, yes, I did. Very, very often. Um, but my mom was always uh, doing something around our house. I don't really remember her sitting down a whole lot. Um, in fact, if we ever did sit down to say, like, watch a family movie or something like that, my mom uh, would not make it more than five, ten minutes in before she fell asleep. Um, and now that I'm older, I realize it was because she was working so hard for us to take care of us and our family um, uh, for the whole day and being up since the crack of dawn. Uh, so thanks, Mom, for that. If I were to ask you um, to give me a list of all the attributes that make up a great mom, what would you say? What is it that would come to your mind? So I did a test this week. And uh, I looked up, or really I Googled, um, the top qualities of a great mother. And so I went to list after list after list. And as I was reading these lists of all these top qualities of a great mother, it was interesting because they described exactly who God is. Because all these values and virtues that we prize and praise and we celebrate today didn't originate with mothers. No, they originated with God. Because God created man and woman out of who he is. We see this in Genesis 127. It says this, So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So men and women, mothers and fathers, are created in the image of God. So all the best parts of mothers, the very things that we prize and praise, are actually the things that, when I think about it, are the things that I love about God. Because that's where they came from. And see, in, in our humanness, um, all these qualities, in their wonder and, and awe and amazement, are just actually a reflection of God's true character and quality. Just kind of like the moon reflects the sun, so we reflect the image of God. Um, but we're not the true full image. We have to look to God to see the true reflection, to, or to see the true image, the full measure of those qualities and attributes. And it's interesting when you think about this and you start looking in scripture, there are times in scripture where God describes himself in a mothering way. In Isaiah 66, 13, he says this, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, 
and you will be comforted. I love that. As a mother comforts their child. Now, it's interesting. He doesn't say as a father comforts their child because I'm sure you've noticed that mothers and fathers comfort their children a little bit differently. Um, a mom's response is more like, come here. Are you okay? What happened? Let me kiss it better. You know, consoling in that way. Dad's our response sometimes is like, ah, suck it up. You'll be all right. You know, walk it off. Or you shouldn't have been doing that anyways. It, this actually happened in, in our home this week. Um, Keenan uh, got clotheslined by our hammock that hangs on our deck, and it upended him. And uh, my first thought, honestly, was, I just told you, don't run by there so quickly because you could get hurt. Um, but Bobby's response, of course, much more comforting and consoling and, and caring for him. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I, uh, I sliced off the top of my thumb trying to improperly open a tin can of, I don't know, beans or whatever it was that we were, that were, we were having. I mean, I think it, well, I was using a knife, and anyways, that's not the point of the story. Um, my dad was like, yeah, wrap it in paper towel and like, put some pressure on that, son. Uh, whereas my mom's response was much more, hey, are you okay? I think she helped hold my thumb together and um, put pressure on it. But although I will say, how I react to my daughter actually is different than how I react to my sons, but that's, that's a whole different, different story. So we see that God himself des describes himself in a mothering way of wanting to care and to comfort. Um, Jesus also displayed this while he was on earth. Uh, these are Jesus' words in Luke 13, 34. He says this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who continue to kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you, how often I have desired and yearned to gather your children together around me as a hen gathers her young under her wings, but you would not. Do you notice the language that he uses there? Desired and yearned. He has longed for, he has wanted to, and he says often he has wanted to gather his children around in his arms. There's a really beautiful depiction of this um, in this TV show called The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen or watched it. It's a show about the life of Christ. Um, very well done. Um, so you can actually watch it for free. Look it up The Chosen. You can download the app. Really good stuff. But there's an episode in there where it's just Jesus. The whole episode is Jesus interacting with children. And it's just beautiful and it's wonderful um, to see that and realize, yeah, that is who God is as well. Um, so what we see is that the heart of a mother that we celebrate and we, and we prize and praise is actually the heart of God. And so what I want to look at this morning uh, is top three qualities that kind of appeared on all those lists that I, that I looked at. And I probably went through like 30 plus lists, maybe not quite that many, but at least 25 lists of all these top qualities. And these are the ones that were always in there somewhere. Um, so I want to look at them, them this morning. Uh, the first one is... Patience or patient. Now, when I think about this, I thank God for how patient my mother was with me um, and, and my two younger brothers uh, because we were, we were constantly fighting and, and at each other. And we were probably fighting over Lego or, or something like that. But, I mean, my brother, my younger brother, Kenton, he had Anakin's pod racer, which was really cool. So, I mean, I wanted to play with it, and I'm sure we fought about that. Uh, but mom would take me aside and remind me and encourage me to be a peacemaker and not an instigator. And uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest, uh, 
lessons that I feel like she instilled in me is to, to be that peacemaker. As far as it depends on you, Paul says, live at peace with everyone. Uh, but she would have to remind me over and over and over again. And I don't ever remember her being like, how many times have I told you? No, it was always just a, taking me aside and gently reminding me, hey, is there a way that you can seek peace in this, in this situation? Uh, and, and I thank God for her patience. And is that, is that not like the Lord who endures with great patience? Endures with great patience. And we see that with the nation of Israel. That over and over and over they rejected God, but he stayed with them. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And a few verses later in 2 Peter 3.15, it says the Lord's patience means salvation. It is the Lord's patience that means salvation, salvation for us. Because without his patience, I would have been wiped out long ago. Um, without his patience, I wouldn't be saved. Because I've abused his grace. I haven't listened to his voice and his calling. And yet he endures with me. He is patient. And that means salvation. For you and for me, his patience. So I praise the Lord for that. The second trait that kept popping up on all these lists all the time was forgiving or forgiveness. And I was trying to think of some story from my childhood where like, I had to come begging to my parents on my knees for forgiveness at some point. And it was like this big belabored thing, but, but it wasn't really, it's not because there wasn't things that were pretty big to need to you know, ask for forgiveness for. I mean, I remember one time I, I crashed my mom's van in high school the Jan van, as we called it. My mom's name's Jan. And uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I was trying to impress some girls at the time uh, in my mom's van, yeah, woo! Um, but anyways, I mean, I have two minivans now, so I don't know what that says. Maybe, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. Uh, maybe Bobby just likes minivans. Um, but I guess the question is, how is it that we can be commanded and encouraged in scripture to forgive? Um, and that is, that is what it is. It is a command. You, you should forgive. God expects us to forgive. And why is that? Well, it's because we have been forgiven. And we have been forgiven so much. So much. And it's only possible through Christ's blood, his payment. In Ephesians 1.17, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. It is through Christ's blood that we can experience this forgiveness. And what does this forgiveness look like? Well, as our church memory verse goes, Psalm 103, not just this verse, but we're doing a chunk in Psalm 103. If you're doing that, I encourage you to keep memorizing that. Um, Psalm 103 verse 12 says this, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions or our sins from us. That is what his forgiveness is. How far can you go west till you get to the east? You, you can't. It just, you can't get there. It's not there. It's gone. And that's what God has done. He has removed our sins completely from us. Now, I know in, in, in our humanness, uh, when, when you forgive someone, there's still, there's still a memory of it. Sometimes even you feel like someone forgives you, but they like hold it over your head a little bit. 
That's not the way it is with God. It is gone. It is clean. It is wiped clean. We are completely forgiven. Because this is what it says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he will forgive us. That is God's forgiveness. And we see the forgiveness that we love and we prize in mothers is actually a reflection of the true forgiveness that we see in God. Um, Complete forgiveness, completely wiping clean of our sin. The third trait that popped up on these lists and probably the most um, one that was closest to the top on all of them in one form or another was love or loving. And I find it interesting that um, love in our culture is still a top value. Um, It is still something that people see as important and valuable and that's what they want. But I find it interesting Our culture doesn't know what real love is. Keep thinking love is this or love is that or love is whatever. Um, So if like the song, you're wondering what is love, the Bible teaches us that. In 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, another great verse to memorize. This is how we know what love is. It explains it straight up. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters self-sacrificing love is real love that is true love because john 15:13 no greater love has any man than this to lay down his life for his friends It is giving up of oneself for someone else. It is looking out to the interests of others, not your own. I find it interesting, John 3, uh, 1 John 3, 17, uh, it continues on. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his down, his life for, for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It continues. If anyone has material possession and sees a brother and sister in need, but has no pity on them, How can the love of God be in that person? Because that's what it's all about. Caring about others. That's what we see from God. That he cared about us. To come down. To take our payment. To die on the cross. Take our punishment, not our payment. Um, And 1 John 4, 8, it even says this. This is the defining way of defining God. Who God is. It says 1 John 4, 8, God is love. That defines the character of God, love. Someone who looks out for the interests of others at their own expense even. See, the best things that we love about mothers are actually what uh, we love about God and actually who God is himself. Because that's where those good things came from. James 1.17 says that all good things have come down from the Father of heavenly lights. All good things. Anything we would call good has come down from God, the creator God who created us. I'm just going to read a quick synopsis of a bunch of other terms that I found in all these lists. And as I read these lists, or as these terms, um, that were written um, 
in mind of mothers. I want you to think about it with God in mind as I read these things. Someone who is kind, caring, tender, enduring, supportive, respectful, sympathetic, selfless, strong, humble, fierce, organized. God planned it all out before he even started doing creation. Super organized. A good communicator. Even some of the ones that I found that weren't like your traditional values, um, when I think about them with God in mind, it just brings a smile to my face. Someone who makes the best food. (laughs) Yeah. Someone who has a good sense of humor. I'd say that is God. I mean, have you ever seen a platypus? I mean, anyways. um, Someone who is willing to be pooped, peed, and puked on. Christ was willing to be humiliated, ridiculed, cursed, and to die. So do you see those same attributes in God? Do you see the beauty of who he really, truly is? Now, this is something that I have a hard time with, trying to wrap my brain around this. We need to remember that God isn't just one of those things at one time and another one of those things at another time. God is every single one of those things in every moment. I think we get, we get stuck in this way of thinking that, well, he's this way and then he's this way and then he's... No, he's all of those things at the same time. And, and that's, that's the hard part. How can he be all of those things in perfect measure in every moment? But that's the amazing thing about God. That's who he is. And I think often our view of God is just is so small. Because he is perfectly patient. And in that, he is also perfectly kind. And in that, he also perfectly disciplines his children. And he is perfect in his communication. He is perfectly supporting and enduring all at once in every moment. And he does it all without contradicting himself. So how does this happen? How is it that God can be all of those things at the same time without contradicting any of them? Well, I believe it's because they all have the same root. They all stem out of the same thing, which is love. I believe all good things proceed out of love. And God is a God of love. He is perfectly loving. But see, this is not just for mothers or fathers, because as believers, we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So what what are we being transformed into? We're being transformed into the image of Christ, which is a reflection of his character. So this is for all those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and and have given him their lives. Because Jesus has said this as well. In John 13, 15, I gave you an example that you should do as I have done. 1 Peter 2, 21. Um, And Christ also suffered for you, leaving for you an example for you to follow in his steps. Ephesians 5, 1. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. You get the idea? 
God wants us to emulate, to reflect, to show his character. To grow in his love and forgiveness and patience to those who are around us. Now, I get it that Mother's Day is is difficult for some. Now, maybe because you've lost your mom or you never had a mom or maybe your mom wasn't so great. Maybe you want to be a mom and you can't or maybe you aren't yet. I recognize that and my heart goes out to you and I grieve and I mourn with you. Because in this sinful, broken world, things aren't always the way we would like or we wish them to be. But the one thing that I'm very thankful for is that I have a God who knows, who is close, near to the brokenhearted. That heart of love and compassion and comfort and nurturing and consoling that we love in mothers is the heart of God for you in whatever situation you're in. So no matter the pain or the loss or the hurt, God is there with you to hold you, to comfort you, to be with you in that moment. So I would say run to him. Run to him like a child. (laughs) Bury yourself in the warm embrace. Now I want to end with with two questions for you to reflect on. Um, The first one is this. Think about all the best qualities of mothers. Some of the ones that I've listed or any other other ones that you can think of that are just like, hey, that's what's great about moms. Do you see those qualities and those attributes in God? Now, the second thing um, that I want you to think about, and this is almost a little bit of homework for this week. What is one of those qualities one of those characteristics that you want to grow in. And I would encourage you um, to take time this week to think about that, to pray about that, to ask God to help him grow that character, that quality in you. Because he's the only one who can help that grow. He's the only one that can actually make us grow, grow something good in us. Because everything good comes from him. Let's take a moment to pray. Oh Lord God, we thank you and praise you so much for who you are. And God, how we can see glimpses of that here on earth. God, so we look to you, we run to you and seek after you to know you more. To get to know the wonderful person that you are and what you have for us. God, we thank you that you are our comforter our uh, provider, the one who cares, nurtures, and grows us. Lord, I pray that, um, that you would help us see how big you are and how strong you are, how you encompass all these attributes and qualities at the same time. Um, and you want to grow those in us, God, so we submit our lives to you um, to be your tools, your instruments to grow us uh, into the image of your Son. And we thank you and we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.